Please join me for the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. The scripture today is from Philippians 2, 4 through 11. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the time, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of God for the people of God. I need to confess. Uh, hi, my name is Peter Camerano, and I'm a recovering helicopter parent. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm a recovering helicopter parent. I'm trying to um, re release uh, the desire to rescue my child from everything possible. I'm trying to be the one who doesn't hover over them. I'm trying hard to be the kind of person who posts on Facebook not just the good things that happen, but also the challenging things as well. Uh, there's an interesting meme or uh, hashtag. It's called Average Parent Problems. Right? So often on Facebook we find pictures of the perfect child doing the perfect thing and it all makes us want to gag. What would it be like if we saw pictures of those children of average parents who are suffering because their parents are not more excellent or perfect. Let's look at one of those. Th this is great. It, it says, when your kid is too young to appreciate irony, notice the bag, the shirt, and the face. This child is suffering from average parenting. Looking at this one, it says, when you take your kids to the beach and it looks like you're moving there for good. No one posts this picture on Facebook. These children are suffering from average parenting. What's the next one? Oh, I love this one. When you go out to dinner and your mom forgets the crayons, this child is suffering from average parenting. No one should have to wait at a restaurant. Next one. Oh, I love this one. Uh, th this actually could go on Facebook, right? Uh, when you refuse to buy the SpongeBob Popsicle, this, this child is suffering from average parenting. I mean, the excellent parent would get not just one, but two of the SpongeBob Popsicles. I also think you could put this on Facebook and say, my child is aspiring to be a hostage negotiator. <laughs> Looking at the next one. It says, uh, when your kid is the one person who hates return lines, 
more than you do. This child is suffering from average parenting. I mean, an excellent parent would uh, have some fancy app on their phone to return stuff, but no, this child lays in protest on the floor. I, I showed this to a couple of people at the early service. They said, oh my gosh, where's the Purell? That kid's laying on that floor. Yuck, right? We won't say whether you're average or excellent. This is our last one. When you give your kid a popsicle and she looks like she silenced the lambs. This child is suffering from average parenting. I mean, an excellent parent would know exactly the uh, fruit-based uh, juice ratio uh, for and dye, uh, the, the, the dyes that are in it, um, so as not to stain the child's face and make him look like a psychopath. Um, average parenting. We, we live in a world that's obsessed with perfection. I mean, it's amazing to kind of talk and to learn throughout the cultures and communities that I've pastored. It is amazing to find parents who have a five-year-old who they aspire one day will be a professional baseball player. Five, it's t-ball, right? Or... <laughs> Or other parents who are sure that their child will be an Olympic gold medalist in swimming. They're not even born yet. You know, there's this expectation for perfection. Now, some people are talented, and that's great. We want to encourage the talent that is within our children, but trying to rescue them and plan out their whole life. I was surprised to find that my sister, who recently uh, was an administrator at Duke University, uh, that even at the hollowed halls of Duke University, that there was a helicopter parent who called about the midterm, that their undergraduate student took and wanted to argue with the professor about the grade. We are obsessed with hovering and rescuing. You, you do know the way to identify Duke, right? It's, uh, it's um, or uh, to understand Harvard, it's the Duke of the North. <laughs> it didn't get there. Yeah, I should have left that one on the floor. Can you agree with me that we've got a problem with perfection. I mean, you can hear it in the videos, uh, the answers. I mean, there are honest answers from a human perspective that being perfect on our own is impossible. But what's impossible for us is possible for God. That the work of grace, uh, when we see it as the grace that goes before us, before we even knew that God loved us, provenient grace it comes to us in the form of grandparents and uh, providence. It comes in the form of uh, good families and good communities that help raise us up. And then there's that grace of the altar rail, where we come to know uh, Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, that our sins are washed as white as snow, that we are made to be able to stand in the presence of God, who is holy, justifying grace. But let's not forget that we believe in sanctifying grace. We believe that work of the Holy Spirit in us, not our own work, uh, that brings us closer and closer to the mind and image of Jesus. That sanctifying grace is that which continues to refine us uh, into the image of what God's called us to be. Our scripture passage today uh, is a wonderful description of the mind of Christ, right? Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus, that though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. Full stop. That even though he was the king of all creation, he didn't seem to think that it was important to mention it regularly, right? Uh, you, you know how you can uh, always tell CrossFit people and vegetarians? 
they tell you every sentence, right? But Jesus empties himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like humans. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Full stop, right? Uh, This um, section of Philippians uh, can uh, be misinterpreted as either Jesus is the ruler of all and unconnected with uh, us as the church, or Jesus has called us to be just like him, and that just like him is misinterpreted to be, um, you know, just a, a, a welcome mat that's walked over, right? That this idea of uh, the king cannot be separated from the suffering servant who dies on the cross. In fact, the only way to interpret well is to bring these two together and to come to the realization that the one who is king died for us. And in that comes the grace of sanctifying love. You see, Jesus had all that was needed. Jesus um, was king of creation but that wasn't enough. And so he died on the cross for us. The humility that's deep in this passage is important. That therefore God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names so that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In uh, chapter 2, verses 5, the place where it says, uh, have this mind that was in Christ Jesus, adopt this attitude, that was, that, that word was, have this mind that was in Christ Jesus, isn't really in the Greek. Uh, not all things transliterate as well as we'd like for them to be. And so there's a question here, have this mind that was in Christ Jesus, or have this mind that is in Christ Jesus, or have this mind that you have in Christ Jesus. Which is it? Is it something in the history books that we learn about how Jesus worked? Is it something that Jesus is doing today? Or is it something that Jesus has given to us to do uh, as well? What does it mean to have this mind, uh, the, the, the mind of Christ Uh, living in us. I would say that it is altogether the same. I I believe that when we wear the t-shirt, what would Jesus do, WWJD, that instead of thinking about all the things that politicians might tell us to think, it would be good for us to think of Philippians chapter 2, that that when we do what Jesus does, we humble ourselves, we pour ourselves out, we don't lord it over others, but we recognize that uh, giving ourselves up to death, even to death on the cross, allows for God to be glorified. Those are challenging words to say in our culture that we live in. Oftentimes when we take scripture like this and we try to change the world around us, we say, great, if every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, good. I'm going to start with y'all and we're going to force everyone to do it now. But notice that the humility that comes from Philippians is not a uh, confess at the barrel of a gun but it's the, gen, uh, the genuine love and honor and glory that we give to God. That when we see the king who's humbled himself to the cross, we find we can do none other than bow and confess and see Christ as Lord. 
When we look at this as a standard, right? How do we measure success in church? How do we measure success in our families? How do we measure success in a sermon? If we took having this mind in Christ as the, the plumb line or the ruler uh, or the measure that we would govern ourselves together, we would find an interesting lens to see church ministry through. So we send folk to Belize. Woohoo! We send folk to Belize to humble themselves, serve others, and lift up the poor. Yes right? If we think about um, uh, what is the purpose of a particular ministry or a particular outreach or an opportunity to care for others, does it have that mind in Christ that pours itself out and serves others? If so, we're on the right track. If not, then maybe we should reconsider uh, what we do as a family or what we do as a church or what we do as a small group, that finding our purpose uh, in the mind of Christ, gives us a chance to move on to perfection. I, I think the scripture is uh, kind of an interesting place to be when talking about perfection and maturity. There's a place in the Gospels where Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, uh, scripture has been translated into many languages. Most early uh, in the life of scripture, it was uh, after um, the resurrection in the early church, it was translated most often into Greek and into Latin. Now, um, be perfect as your Father in heaven. Uh, Latin, the definition, uh, the word for perfect in Latin is perfectus. Those of you who are Latin students can uh, chime in. Uh, the definition of perfectus means uh, without a flaw, right? Perfect, without a flaw. Now, that's interesting to think, right? Be without a flaw as your Father in heaven is without a flaw. Sure sounds like a high bar to get to. Wouldn't you agree, church? What if we um, did the thing that um, uh, linguists would hate for us to do ever? What if we translated one word in the Greek and one word in the Latin? Uh, the word for perfect in Greek um, is telos. Uh, telos is very much a philosopher's word. Uh, the telos of the tree in the hands of a master craftsperson is a wooden altar of beauty. The telos, what is inside? What is it becoming? What is the possibilities? In the hands of a master craftsperson, what might become of this raw material? A stone becomes a sculpture. A plot of land becomes a community of faith. Maybe even we could think our lives in the hands of the master craftsperson become more than we could ever be on our own. Telos is that uh, what are we called to? It's true to say that uh, Romans, um, they liked Latin a lot, uh, Romans were builders. They, they would build uh, aqueducts, they would build roads, they would build infrastructure. And so perfectus, this idea of being perfect, was is it within tolerances so that the road can continue on? Is it within tolerances that the aqueduct would not leak? I don't think anybody here in a chemical industry world has, knows anything about tolerances, right? There, there are tolerances that we have to live in. Now, telos, uh, Greek, uh, the Greeks, their highest uh, um, place to aspire to was the philosopher king. So when we talk about what's possible,
possible, what might be done in us. We begin thinking about um, how the master craftsperson could transform us and change us. It's not a, a tool to be applied so that we fit within tolerances, one size fits all, but rather it's becoming who God's called us to be. You can imagine if I looked at my child who's uh, 11, uh, going to be 12 uh, in sixth grade, and I said, I would like for you to be a PhD in biotechnology and, and uh, graduate next year and, and keep me within the kind of lifestyle I'd like to be accustomed to. I've just put more on her than anyone ever needed. I just asked her to be perfect in a world that doesn't have the tolerances for what it means to be uh, perfect. But if I ask her to be the best sixth grader, the best 11-year-old possible, to do the tie the shoes and clean the room and all of those things that make for a happy house, I've asked her to be mature. I've asked her to take one step in the right direction. I've not put anything on top of her that she can't handle herself. I believe God is more likely to ask us to take our next step into maturity than to magically clean ourselves up before we take a bath. That, that God isn't expecting perfection out of us, but God is expecting that in the hands of his master craft work, that we would become all that we've been called to be. It's not about being perfect, but it's about moving on to perfection. It's not about doing it all ourselves and pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, but instead it's about submitting to the master and allowing the master to work good in us. I find it interesting that when polled, uh, most people um, uh, find uh, particular statements are in scripture. Uh, one of those is, um, God helps those who help themselves. Is that scripture or not? Not, right? The other one that's easier to spot is um, God says you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Those are uniquely American and Texan ideas about living life. You see, it's not that God helps those who help themselves, but that God is the one who rescues the lost, who cares for the foreigner, who looks after the stranger, who um, Jesus describes God as a mother hen who brings in the chicks to be protected under her wings. God is not one who says, huh, meet me halfway. But instead, God says, when in times of trouble, I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. I will set a feast before you in the presence of your enemies. My surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, whether you're perfect or not. Because it's not about perfection, but about moving on to a place of goodness, being reformed into the mind of Christ. Found it interesting this week, if you were watching uh, some of the news stories, especially um, a news story in the New York Times, there was a discussion about the living or the working environment uh, in Amazon. Now, Amazon recently has surpassed Walmart as the most valuable uh, retailer in the country. Um, it, when described what it's like to work at Amazon, uh, workers uh, remarked that they were held accountable for everything, that if they uh, came down with cancer, their parents died, uh, they had a miscarriage or a pregnancy, that anything that took away from productivity on the job was held against them. 
And that's not very true in all places of work. In fact, here uh, at the church, I often tell the staff, um, we treat staff like family. So together, let's find a way. Uh, I'm sure we can uh, always satisfy the employee manual, but let's trust and lean on each other and not hold these types of life events against us. They say that often someone works at Amazon for at most three years. It's such a bruising workplace that they burn out and move on. There's over 4,000 comments to that particular New York Times um, uh, uh, article. Uh, One of the comments that was offered was from Dan Kreft. Uh, Dan uh, retired last month after putting in 15 years, 10 months, and 11 days. Always wonder why people count that specifically. So after 15 years of being uh, at Amazon, uh, joining the company in 1999, uh, he writes a comment. He says, Amazon's a great place to work. They're wonderful, fantastically skilled and intelligent people. It is the place to work if you want to learn about how to set up systems on a scale that most companies can't even fathom. It's a wonderful place to be. But if you work at Amazon, Recognize right now that you will be considered a login, a face on a badge, a headcount, a row in a database, in a giant air-conditioned room filled with servers just waiting to have your productivity number flip over by one more. So go ahead, work hard, have fun, make history, but don't be disillusioned. Don't have any silly notions that you matter as a person. Dan writes, I wish Jeff Bezos and company continued success But I wonder how much more successful they could be if they only show the same kind of obsessive care about their employees as they do about their customers. Friends, perfection is a value for the church. We believe in the value of perfection, but it is not a behavior that we do, but rather a gift that we receive through grace from the Holy Spirit. That perfection is not something that we manhandle or control. It's not some unsustainable brute force that we exist. But rather, perfection comes by way of the king who poured out all for us. By the one who died for us so that we might. Perfection is not, um, it's not the actions that we take, but it's the intention that we have. We intend to live a Christ-like life, and the Holy Spirit fills in for us as we learn. I often heard um, uh, by a a football coach that the score takes care of itself, that if you work the basics, the fundamentals, if you focus on what's happening on the field, the score takes care of itself. I feel like grace could be defined that way. That instead of worrying and wondering about the imperfections and flaws of your life, if you work the basics, reading the Bible, praying to God, being part of a community, reaching out to care for the least and the last, the score takes care of itself. That we focus on the day-to-day actions of being a child of God, being a disciple of Jesus Christ. We find that our intentions result in actions, and perfection is something that the Holy Spirit does. I find that intentions matter, but perfection comes by way of the suffering servant. Not our tendencies to rescue the church, not our tendencies to helicopter over the clergy or to protect God from the harshness of this world, but it comes when we have this mind of Christ in us, that though he was in the form of God, 
He did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. So he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And therefore God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven on earth and under the earth, might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, Chapelwood United Methodist Church exists to help ourselves and others take their next step in their faith journey with Christ. Uh, that next opportunity, uh, whatever the next step is for you, uh, one size doesn't fit all. Uh, but if you haven't spent time in Scripture, pick up a Bible uh, back there at the welcome table. Uh, if you've got a Bible, great. Maybe it's time to read Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Maybe it's time to spend time with Mark. The Gospel of Mark can be read in 45 minutes in one sitting. Uh, you can hear the whole life and ministry, uh, death and resurrection of Christ. Maybe it's time to uh, head out to the food basket on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. and to be a part of this church's offering of food to those who don't have enough. There are many opportunities. I hope that you'll take your next step. If you want some conversation, uh, the pastors are available, your small groups are available. Uh, there's a wonderful opportunity for a new beginning today. Uh, also, for those interested, um, after Labor Day, uh, we'll start a three-week series in September uh, that'll be about parenting. And so uh, feel free to invite folk to come. Uh, feel free to, um, you know, participate together uh, as we seek to uh, raise our children uh, in a generation of faith. Uh, if today's the day that you'd like to join the church, we'd love for you to come down uh, during the thoroughly Wesleyan song, Take My Life and Let It Be. Uh, it'll be on page 399, but the words will be uh, on the screens. David Hill, will you come and lead us in our closing hymn? I want to make sure that you see Susan Moss is here. She's one of our Stephen ministers. That's a lay pastoral caregiver. If you'd like someone to pray with you today, uh, she's happy to do that right now or to arrange for uh, care for you or for someone else uh, in the days and weeks to come. Don't forget that the door back there is to our prayer chapel, our prayer room. It is open uh, now and then also um, every day of the week. Be sure to take advantage of it as well. But for now, why don't we uh, hold, uh, grab a hand next to you for our closing benediction. You don't have to hold everybody's hand, but hold somebody's hand. And let's have a word of prayer. Almighty God, we give thanks that you are not the disinterested king, nor have you called us to be welcome mats to be walked over, but you've called us to be humble, to pour out ourselves for others, to confess that you are uh, Lord and King, and to find together that when we focus on today and being in your will, we find ourselves perfected over time in your grace. Send us out to love and to care for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.